And we're back. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's not that simple with Ramon. My name is Ramon, and I wanted to, you know, uh, get ready for episode two. Uh, first and foremost, I would like to thank you for everyone who listened, everyone who gave me input, everyone who told me how well I did. So uh, we're going to continue to do well. We're going to continue to grow. And as things expand and as I become better on this mic, I'll make sure that you'll have a good time listening to your boy and also uh, have a good time uh, talking to me and with your questions or concerns. So uh, let's get straight to it. I wanted to start episode so two, uh, just going over a few things. What we were going to discuss today is from college sports and academic expectations, LeBron James and the Los Angeles expectations. Uh, as you heard with Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant, people talking about how much LeBron James has a ball in his hand and 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 how much he wants to uh, become a championship team, but also how they can win without tying LeBron out for these 82 games. And also the last thing, uh, I want to kind of discuss what sports uh, means to me, what sports uh, probably mean to other people, but how that has changed over the years as I've gotten older, as I've grown, and how it's less about the actual activity on the field and it's about the process. It's about the minds of the players. So let's get straight to it. So college sports and academic expectations. All right. So it's crazy because right now the big debate is should college players be paid, right? Should their likeness uh, be in the spotlight and also should they receive paychecks for that? It's a very, very hard issue for other people. I think it's pretty easy. I think it's pretty simple. Yes, they should get paid. Why not? Coaches are getting paid millions of dollars. Assistant coaches are getting paid millions of dollars. People who get the call recruits and, and, and let them know about these young men, they get paid abundance of money. You have all the sponsors that comes in and wants to try to make some money off of these guys, but the only people that's not really making the money are the the young men and women who are actually doing these activities, who's actually been recruited to come here and be a part of this brand, this collegiate brand, right? And I find it problematic that some people get very, very angry over this idea, which makes zero sense. Some people ignorantly will say, well, it shouldn't matter because these guys are 18, 19 years old. You don't know what they'll do with that money. No one questioned any other field of study, any of their career about what they're going to do or not do with their money. So why do we do this when it comes to college athletes? The people... The people that you're depending on to make this money for you, you don't trust them with the decision making, but you trust them to be the the best PR uh, individual uh, that you can that you can ever find to make sure that they don't mess up the money that they can bring in, right? And uh, recently, it was a heated debate going on, uh, and it was some uh, young men in the locker room speaking about the issues with college athletics and athletes getting paid and how there tends to be a racial divide also, right? And what ended up happening is you, we, 
we can go through the details and why this became problematic. Even when someone be, wanted to become a walk-on and make side money, they still put a cap on how much you can and cannot make, right? And so once upon a time, the education really did matter because not everyone was going to have the opportunity to make it to the professional league, right? And that's why it was important to go to school for four years. It was important to finish that degree. And when you leave with that degree and had the fun playing sports, you was able to have a good career. You was able to at least find a niche in your life that you really needed to move forward, right? But the value of, of education has changed over the last 30 years. And I remember hearing someone speak Telling us that, well, you know, you go to school to get an education. And that sounds fine and dandy. Edu- but what people don't realize is this. if you're an athlete and you're a five, four or five star recruit and you go to this school and you want to focus on your education. And on the field, you're not doing exactly what coaches expect you to do. Hey, look, if I was a five-star athlete, hey, look, Ramon, you know, we expect you to come in and be the best lineman in the country. And it seems like you're not working as hard to be that. And it's affecting our program. I'm sorry, coach. You know, I just have to focus on my my, my studies and, and, and I have to a lot of studying to do when it comes to my tutor. That sounds great. And that sounds good for anyone who feels like education is why those kids are there. But guess what happens to me? I can lose my scholarship. I can get kicked out of that school. I'm going to have to transfer to this, another school for doing what people say. Well, I'm, you know, what what's the real reason why I'm going to school is focus on my education. So for those people who are saying it's about the education and my athletics is not what everyone wanted to be or the system change or coaching change and they don't really like me as a player to help through their system, they can they can get me out of that position. They can get me out of that school. I can lose my scholarship. So at the end of the day, is it really about the scholarship, right? And that's something, is, is it really about the education, is what I mean, meant to say. Is it really about the education, ladies and gentlemen? No. It never was. It never will be. And that's why the racial line tends to, you know, it people tend to go that direction. That's what they tend to discuss. Why? Because the people that you depend on when it comes to college basketball, college football, those guys came from certain areas that doesn't have the ability to get access to other things. When you play these sports, there are people from all over that is willing to go to your neighborhood just to talk to you, to try to get you out of that situation. Yeah, there are many people who want to help you. They don't want to see people suffer. They don't want to see talent wasted because of the neighborhood they're in. But the problem is, is if they really care about you, if they care about what you have going on, they look at you less as a money opportunity. They look at you less as a a business and look at you as a human being trying to do well for its family. 
And so that's why it's always interesting how people respond to these athletes that people are willing to pay money to go watch. That you need to fo- you it, the the irony behind all of this when we're talking about education and doing well on the field is let's say you're not doing well on the field and they see you hanging out with some friends or something like that why are you not focusing on practicing and working on this because you can't shoot that well or you need you can't block that well you need to be doing blocking drills twenty four seven the same people who are not all that great at their jobs trying to dictate what you should be at your job. 18, 19, 20, and 21-year-olds. The people that we're saying that can't make this a certain amount of money. But we don't stop young teens going into tennis, golf. It doesn't matter if someone at age of 17 says, I want to go to the military. And hopefully it's not a, a war going on where they have to go across seas right away. So that's just something to think about. Uh, just want to get into that real quick. That that really does mean something. I care about the process. I care about the actual athletes, the people. I care about what they have to deal with. The it, forget the pressure, the people around them that they just met a year ago that want to see them do well because it helps them out. Think about the family. Think about this opportunity that you can get far. You just have to focus on what you have to focus on to get all of us out of our situation. So uh, that's something to think about. Uh, Let me know what you think about that. All right, so we're going to move on to LeBron James and the expectations that he has coming to the Lakers. Uh, We hear that there's some issues, which I really don't think so, um, between LeBron James and Luke Walton. LeBron James and Luke Walton are peers. They came out of the same draft. Luke Walton is a head coach of the Lakers now. And LeBron James is still playing as strong as ever 16 years. LeBron James wanted to go to the Lakers. He decided to come to the Lakers. If anybody remember the last episode, I spoke about the young core four. Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram. I love those guys. Those are my favorite players in the league. The young core four. That whole squad right there. And his expectations is... Is LeBron doing too much controlling the point guard position? Is his usage rates too high? What about his minutes? Should it be lower? And I've realized that even with some of the complaints people have about LeBron James and wanting to control the narrative or they wish he can do more, what I tend to realize is people wants to confuse how you should feel because it helps them out to press whatever story in whatever direction they want to go with these stories. For example, I think it's best for LeBron James to play off the ball. Just like you see other legends, like people always name Kobe Brown, people always name Michael Jordan to play off the ball. My question is, is can you trust LeBron James off the ball? He's not the mid-range jumper coming off a triple threat like Carmelo Anthony. He doesn't really like banging in the post, and he doesn't necessarily have the elite footwork to to constantly get in the post and either a couple dribbles, turn, fadeaway post, or a baby hook. 
LeBron James is not really a guy that will set a pick. He's not really a pick-and-roll guy where he happens to be the role guy. So those are part of playing off the ball that LeBron James has to do. So people can't have it both ways where it's like he can't always have the ball in his hand, but part of having the ball playing off the ball is doing certain things in order for you to get the ball in the right position where you don't have to dribble as much. He can still be honestly kind of the power four of what we remember like a Chris Webber, but not exactly just better game, obviously, but Chris Webber was a great passing power forward. You get the ball on the block, you do a couple dribbles, you turn, maybe you see a wide open guy for the three, or you do a baby hook. Or you can body him until you get under the hoop and get an easier shot like a dunk or a layup, right? But that's not his game. That's not something people can honestly trust. And so ideally, that's I, I know that's what Magic Johnson wanted. I know they're coming in, so that's a good idea. That's less stress on his body. The only problem is he, LeBron can't, can't help himself. He finally does have players who can do these other things that, you know, he can do. You know, they can't do it all like him, but he has young players that can score at least 20 a game. They have two other guys on the team that can get 10 assists like he can. They have other guys on the team that can get the rebounds like he can. So why not LeBron focus on his game to when it comes to his energy. I've watched the end of Lakers games where the Lakers were up and it was like LeBron's going to close this game. And I, I'm trying to remember what game it was. LeBron dribbled, had the ball until it's five seconds left in the shot clock and tried to do a step back and the defender defended it well. And then he tried to do a step back and try to pass out a step back. And then he went to his right near the baseline and, and, and threw another turn, had another turnover. And he ended up shooting a bad shot. So in three possessions in like the last two minutes, I've seen two turnovers and a horrible shot holding the ball. So when we expect, and, and, and then we'll make it worse is right now he's not making his free throws later in games. So these expectations for him to close the deal that's fine. That's that's great because you look at it like, well, I'd rather trust someone like LeBron compared to the young guys. But why change what you're doing to get yourself in the lead later in games? Why change that? If if you have to move the ball around and you know occasionally hold it, why wait till five seconds left and then you, you don't know if you can get the shot off quick enough so you try to pass it out now it's a turnover? I know it's hard to kind of hold him accountable for that, but that really matters. That's very frustrating. So when people say, well, we need LeBron James usage usage to be down, playing less point guard, LeBron can't help it. He has other guys on his team that know how to make a great make great decisions with the ball. Mainly Lonzo Ball. Rondo's been out. I think people are expecting Brandon Ingram. Just because he can play mate doesn't mean you depend on him to depend on him to be the playmaker. Is a to- it's two totally different monsters. There are a lot of guys that know how to dribble the ball up court and pass the ball and give it to the right spots. But that doesn't mean that you're going to expect him to, for 10 possession, possession straight, thinking that he's going to get at least five assists and maybe a couple drives to the rim. But with that being said, back to LeBron, his expectations. 
people can't push the narrative that he is doing it all. But I feel like everyone else is not doing enough type thing. Like that that's to me that's very confusing. Um so yeah, I think that's something everyone needs to work on. The expectations. I know people are excited. People love the story, people love the narrative, but it has to be correct. It has to be a direct understanding of what we are what we are looking for. And I feel like we are somewhat giving him excuses for not doing something that comes with the territory of what he wants to do. In in LeBron James' career, when when people say, well, we want him to play off the ball, there are things that he has to do to play off the ball and do well. And you can tell he's not comfortable with it. But even if he's not comfortable with it, but people are still looking at the other guys to do certain things to make LeBron life easier. How can they when LeBron is doing practically their job? Not saying, you know, even though LeBron's better because he's the vet and he's always had an all around game. But like I said before, LeBron has to take five steps back for the team to take a step forward. So that's that. And uh, let me know what you think about that. Uh, Now to sports uh, and what that means to you. Uh, Sports is very important to me. Once upon a time, I was a very competitive person. I hated losing. I hated losing so much that I remember I was playing pool at the center back in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I was killing in pool, winning game after game after game, and I got so mad because they said I can't play pool anymore for that day because of all the winning I was doing. I got so mad. I started swinging punches like Trey on Friday and actually accidentally punched one of my close friends, Chris. What's up, Chris? And, uh, yeah, and or with my cousin, <laughs> we used to go to the Boys and Girls Club on Sherman. Uh, he used to play to be one of those uh, games where you roll the uh, pool balls down a little um, carpet roll and knock them down, and I lost, got really upset. So I, I used to be a very, very competitive person. I used to hate losing. I used to cry and be mad and just get angry. And I had to get that out of my system. I wish I had it that in me more, you know, for other reasons. And I still have my moments, you know, but overall, sports meant everything to me because that to me was something that that kept me going. I was good at soccer. I was good at basketball, you know, and being the big kid around everyone else. You know, you had to prove everyone wrong. They used to call me hands in football. I used to catch everything, you know, the big dude with speed. Basketball, I used to shoot threes and I used to know how to dribble. Back in the mid-90s, that really, people, wow, this big dude can dribble and he can shoot. But looking, when I look at sports and when, what, what, how it affected me, just like any other kid who grew in certain neighborhoods, it was a way out. I used to want to be Jerome Bennis, the running back, big body running back. From Notre Dame to the Rams to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But basketball was my baby. I love basketball. It's a beautiful sport. It's poetry in motion, as I like to say. I was really good at soccer, too. And that's what really helped my hand-eye coordination. 
Um, that's kind of helped me be the dancer that I grew up to be. Um, quick feet. Uh, I used to be called Happy Feet <laughs> years ago. I used to work at this place in Milwaukee for Summerfest. And as I look at how sports make people feel, I remember sitting in the front, in the middle room as my mom was cleaning up and watching the Packers win the Super Bowl against New England. My mom jumping on my back as Desmond Howard ran for the touchdown. And it felt good to see your team win. It made your day better. But as I've gotten older, th- th- those expectations change. It kind of changed how we view, how I view sports. I care about the process, what the, the hard work people put in to be great at what they do. Because you don't see that every day. I don't like the fact that with something like fantasy football, people, even if you didn't cheer for this team, people go on Twitter, go to your Instagram, your Facebook, and tear you apart for not getting these extra little points, a few yards for them to win that they uh, uh, fantasy sports that they have money on. People consume sports differently now. It's not about just watching the game and understanding the game and getting the idea of the fundamentals of the game. People are more engaged because now subconsciously they feel like their life depends on it. Their day depends on it. And it's really unfortunate. I don't think it should be that way. These guys comes in, are coming in finally able to have some financial independence to do what they love. Only, and I understand the fan is, is important, but to dictate the terms of who they should be and how they should be, it's a very slippery slope. Not anything when it comes to their, they, you know, they're doing anything that's a detriment to people's livelihood by being abusers and addicts and things like that. But just more like, oh, you didn't kick this field goal. Forget you. Hope you die. It makes zero sense. We see that the issues that someone has experienced or they're speaking up for the little people who don't have the the platform to speak for themselves stand up for those people and unfortunately sponsors are threatening to not support to play both sides to dictate what someone should and shouldn't do because of a brand when people are suffering people depend so much on sports it's it's interesting how this happens right because Living in Houston, a a major flood happens. That same year, months later, actually, the Astros wins a World Series. People feel like the Astros winning the World Series makes us feel better about everything that happened. We're gonna we we fought hard to get through this. It brought us all together. The the interesting thing is the same, the very same thing that people would tell to just focus on f- focus on your craft, your sport. Shut up. Is the same people depending on that same sports team to make themselves feel better about their everyday life. It's crazy that if I tell somebody I live here and let's say my sports team, well, no sports teams suck. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Why? Because your team sucked. That doesn't mean my life sucked. It just means the team sucked. I hate seeing them lose, but it's not going to affect my everyday life. I think we really need to reevaluate how we view sports. It seems like we're willing to hold athletes more accountable than the people we vote for. Than the people that really makes the decision to dictate our livelihoods. So I feel like I love sports because of I'm a process individual. I love the process just like anything else when it comes to music, when it comes to any type of entertainment, when it comes to just uh, the way of thinking, health, all those things. I love the process. Sports is one of those things. I don't like what is involved, too, when it comes to how people are, the fans. People after games are getting to it because over some, you know, the colors or the logos and people are dying over that. People are getting shot and killed over that. Over fighting in the stands, mushing people down some stairs. Because you're wearing a Texans logo and you're wearing the Cowboy star. It makes zero sense. And after and while all that is going on, you're cussing out and talking everything in and out of a book to an athlete, which you want to tell them. But then it all goes away when they, they can't walk into a crowd and say, say that in front of my face. Basketball, same thing. So sports means everything to me because I enjoy the process. I enjoy the actual people who they're they're thinking because they're they are the best at what they do in the world. I'm not even the best at what I do at my job. So who am I to tell somebody what to do? I might have a perspective. I might feel like they can do better doing this, but I'm I'm not going to dictate dictate the terms of who they are. And who they should be. Most of these guys are very good human beings. They want to be financially stable, make some money, and and, and do well for the people around them. Who need that motivation to say, you can do well also. I find it problematic that parents depend so much on these athletes. The parents should be the heroes to their kids. I don't want to hear excuses of if an athlete does something or just even something so simple. Hey, I decided to go to this team. I can't believe you did this. How I'm explaining this to my son. There's way more things going on in the world you have to explain to your son than Kevin Durant going to San Francisco. Because when Kevin Durant do- donated that million dollars to help people who were dealing with tornadoes, it wasn't an issue. So, athletics is great. <laughs> it's kind of funny saying it like that, but yeah, it's 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 dope. It's enjoyable, and I'm glad everyone else is able to enjoy it. But I I just wish people understood the process, the perspective of what that person is going through, 
and who we are when it comes to, to this. We are there to watch. I know people want to be entertained. My entertainment is the fact that these people are doing something that everyone else can't do on a certain level. I bet you if anyone had a chance to go behind the scenes and stand behind the glass and watch a, a doctor or a surgeon do some type of surgery, you'd be amazed. Unfortunately, things don't go the way people want it to go. But the fact that this person is so skilled enough and intelligent enough to do what they can do better than anyone else, they, they will fail sometimes. The thing that they might they will fail sometimes is better than people do trying to do what they do and they will fail every time. So that's how I view sports. And uh so that's pretty much it. And it's just never that simple with Ramon. Uh I thank you for attending the second podcast episode. Um I hope that uh you got a great perspective of where what my thinking is about. Um, I wanted to expand more outside of sports, music, other sources of entertainment. And uh, any, if any subjects I should approach, please let me know. I hope as everything grow, people continuously just come to me and talk to me and ask me questions and say, oh, man, I, I agree with you with this. I disagree with this. You ever thought it from this way? I, I love that. As we continue to move forward, I, I you know, should have some theme music for the beginning and uh, just better transitions. But I'm just glad that people are listening and people are having the time out to uh, listen uh, uh, to what I have to say. And so I'm pushing close to uh, 30 minutes. So I hope everyone is still here listening. But uh, please let me know what you think. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. Y'all have a good week. Y'all be safe and get money. <laughs>